I'm pressing the play button now. You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun, senor, you've obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. got to be kidding me, Vegas, on Monday night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wingfoot Sports and the Wingfoot Locks Week 2 of the 2020 NFL season, the COVID season, we will refer to it from now on. Greg Coyle with me after Greg. It was a pretty good week one. What you, What'd you think overall? Uh, I liked the gambling outcomes. Those were all terrific. I I see you actually went into our spreadsheet and highlighted them in, in green and red. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. There was one red mark, I believe, on the sheet. Indeed, yeah. We'll, we'll flip that. Uh, what was it, 7-1 and one for last week? And, and my I had the one? I think, yep, 7-1 overall. And listen, we had to have one loss because we went head-to-head, so uh, somebody was going to lose. <laughs> There was no way we were uh, getting we around set that. Us up ourselves up for that, huh? To be honest, actually, I think we could have gone like zero and one because you had the number at three and I had it at two and a half. It, if it landed on the number, we could have had a push in there, but the chances of that happening were very slim. All right, listen, I got to ask you. So, week one, obviously, we were stellar on our picks. We'll do some accounting a little bit later on, but I want to ask you what's your overall impression on your takeaways from week one, what stood out to you as far as teams are concerned, as far as just gameplay was concerned, uh, what's popping and what were you paying attention to for week two? Uh, good play on the field. I honestly was pretty impressed with no, uh, what, no preseason and everything. Quite frankly, I feel like they've been begging for that for years. And, uh, honestly, it looks like we can go to it. So, um, the things that stood out are, you know, the teams with new coaches and new offenses seemed a little rusty, uh, just like we kind of envisioned. And I think that's that's why you end up with a pretty good week one record. Uh, but I thought the play on the field was pretty good. Uh, it seems like a couple of injuries are popping out, but that, that happens in every year. It's not specific to this year. So I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it. I got my usual... Uh, you know, sleepy after the one o'clocks because, you know, there was just a lot of excitement and I was overexcited and I tend to get sleepy during the four <laughs> o'clocks, but uh, good Sunday night and great Monday night games. You're such an old man getting sleepy at the four o'clock. Papa needs his nap. It's getting there, man. It's getting there. Listen, I just got to say um, how fantastic you look for week two. Um, and I'm glad you're rocking the side part. You said you were going to step up the game and the look for week two now that we're streaming this live on Facebook and YouTube and, and you came through. That side part is strong. And uh, and I ho- I'm hoping that that's just going to lead to continued success, that we're focused here and we didn't spend too much time on our hair for this podcast. Well. Since since we're off the rails anyway, the debate that just went on in the last 48 hours with my friends, quick question, pumpkin beer or no pumpkin beer? Do you like it? Is it a seasonal treat for you or are you out on that? All right. So I'm not anti-pumpkin, but I think a little pumpkin every now and then is fine. I'm not going out and buying a case of pumpkin beer, but maybe you have a six pack and I'll split it with the wife and I'll have one or two in, in a sitting there or I'll go for a pumpkin coffee every now and then. But no, people get obsessed with pumpkin and they overdo it. 
What about three cases, Joe? Would oh. you go out and buy three cases? Because uh, because that's the move. you got to get it before it's all scooped up. Yeah, and then you can uh, then you people like you are the ones who go to the uh, store and get all the toilet paper before the qu- quarantine no. kicks well, in. No, but I but but I do know how the pumpkin beer goes, so I do get all the pumpkin beers, and I am saving uh, exactly ten a six pack of Dogfish Head and a four pack of pumpkin for my wife uh, after she delivers our baby. So she's. she's She's, we've got a reserve uh, so, locked in. To be fair, you had to provide for the family, so you're a provider. That's what I'm hearing. Indeed. All right. Indeed. Let's get to football this week. Week two. I think we went on enough of a tangent to start this podcast here. Listen, we are coming off an awesome week. Our only loss was in the game where you and I went head to head. It was fantastic, and and we caution. That we cautioned you in week one, don't bet your whole bankroll, right? Because we're going to see how things play out, and there's always a lot of unknowns. Listen, I'm saying the same thing in week two. I think we have one point of information, but let's not overreact, and I think this is the biggest week to overreact in the NFL. So remember that as we go through this. Let's use those points of information as one point, but I think we're seeing some of these lines this week reflect that overreaction. So let's just jump right into it. The first game I want to go to is the Jacksonville Jaguars plus eight at Tennessee. Jacksonville obviously pulled out the outright upset over Indy. A lot of survivor pools went down. Very glad I took the bills in mind. I think I got half my survivor pool is out this week or has one strike nice. against them if it's a, if it's the two-strike league. So I'm very happy about that. But this week they're getting eight points going against Tennessee who had uh, a narrow win against Denver on Monday Night Football and apparently still plenty of kicking problems over there in Tennessee. Greg, I know you have a, a like in this one. Who do you like and, and, and why? And what's your impression of both of these teams after one week? Yeah, so, uh, you know, if anyone tells you that they're not surprised by the Jags coming out there and winning that game on the field, right? Uh, I think we were all surprised by that. But, uh, you know, Minshew, 19-20, to 20, that's 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 a game right there. Uh, I, I know it wasn't for high yardage, but quite frankly, I'm more impressed with 95% completion percentage than somebody throwing a, a 300 yard game. Like that's, that's pretty good. Uh, but so obviously a little bump on the, on, on the Jags, Tennessee looked good, right? They, they, we should not have won the bet on Monday night for Denver, right? With all those kicks, you get a Hall of Fame kicker shanking all those balls. And Wait a minute, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, I completely disagree with you. The First of all, the right side is the winning side always. Number one, Agreed. I'm never going to apologize Agreed. for winning a bet, and I won't say we should have. I didn't should've... apologize. You didn't hear an apology no, out of my mouth. You're right. You're right. But the other thing is, too, look, there are plays like that throughout the game. Let's not forget, Denver got stopped on a first and goal with the one, right? So a goal line stand and and things go. These plays, we saw the pass interference in the Dallas game, in the Cincinnati game from last week. Oh. A play here or there makes a difference. There's a reason Al Pacino says it's a game of inches, and on this team, on this podcast, we fight for that inch. We die for that inch, Greg Hoyle. So, and, and by the way, we ended up last year sprinkling a ton of money on the under, uh, one, I think it was one and a half field goals for the Titans. Yep. 
and we we had like the last four weeks of the year so if that's still out there if they're still doing the field goal props i haven't looked for it yet but quite frankly it looks like that's popping up again we might want to just try and jump back on that uh usually it's under one and a half field goals for any teams i can't see Vrabel being uh too enthusiastic about trotting out the kicker when they're on like the 35 yard line uh but Big underlying idea for me is Taylor Luan, uh, whether or not he's going to play. No practice, at least the the report from today. They're on the short week, uh, right, which the Jags have been, you know, they had the early game, um, the 1 o'clock on Sunday, the Jags did, and Tennessee had the late game on Monday, correct, right? So you're dealing with them traveling back. They got to get, uh, you know, back there, kind of losing about a day and a half on the Jags. So I think that's just a situational disadvantage. And it, I, I thought Tennessee looked good. I thought Jag, the Jags looked better than expected, right? So uh, if Lawan's not playing, who's I think probably their best offensive lineman, there's a couple of other injury questions that I'm not as concerned about with. A.J. Brown, you know how I feel about wide receivers. He's out. Uh, who's their best wide receiver? I, you know, that doesn't sway me a point, point and a half or, you know, a- anything like that. But it certainly helps me, right? You know, right. so it, it's, it doesn't go against me. Uh, I think the key thing that I want to mention is if Luan's out, I'm all over it. And also, I got it on two different sites, one at eight minus one ten, and then one at seven and a half minus one fifteen. So that's just a little piece of advice uh, of how different one site can be from another that you should be playing at multiple places and have multiple different accounts. So that way you don't have to weigh uh, lay 115 for worse number. It was a little wacky when I checked the two um, places. So obviously I'm going to roll with the eight minus uh, 110. And I'm assuming if you're not practicing today, you're probably not playing on on Sunday on a short week. So I'm going to probably assume Luan's going to be out. Yeah, and and that's a big loss for them. Look, uh, obviously we were big on on Denver going into that game, and, and one of the reasons is because. They were able to control, and I'm not going to say, you know, contain, but control Derrick Henry and what he was able to do out there. And now you're missing one of your best offensive linemen. It's only going to get harder. I don't think Jacksonville will be able to do the same thing, uh, but I do think that they did a, a solid job against the running game for the Colts, and the Colts have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Obviously, we know about the injury to... Um, uh, Marlon Mack in in that one too, but th- still they were able to to limit the running game there. Look, I think turnovers are so key. We saw that in Week One. Philip Rivers just has a propensity to turn the ball over, and I think that cost the Jaguars big. I think, I mean, excuse me, the Colts big against the Jaguars. I think that's going to be a theme. The one thing that Mike Vrabel's teams don't do is turn the ball over, but because of that, they don't blow teams out either, right? They play a lot more conservative right. style, and so I think the Jaguars are following a similar model. They're going with those short passes. You mentioned that completion percentage for Gardner Minshew. And and yeah, I, I think in a division game early in the season, I think this is going to be a close one. So look, even if you get a backdoor cover, you're trailing by 14 in, in a meaningless touchdown at the end, uh, you'll take it if you're taking the eight points with the Jags. Um, but everything in their favor is, 
this week and uh, can't wait to load up against them in week three. Look ahead. I don't look ahead for who that might be, Greg, but uh, if the Jaguars do end up squeaking out another win here or at least even playing close, I think next week is a nice nice time to load up on them. And I don't even know who they're playing yet. I haven't looked ahead. Yeah. Well, you get the plus two that I, I'm not even thinking back-end cover here. I'm thinking that they don't – they don't know how good or bad they are, but they've got some confidence, right? So, you know, typically they say every team's got some hope going into week one. Well, the Jags have carried that hope. I thought the Jags were like one of the only teams that actually didn't have hope because they were just <laughs> trading off in Gawkway, right? And releasing Fournette, right? Like, I don't care about Fournette, but in Gawkway, that's a big, that's a big trade right there. Um, so, you know, I, I think they can carry some momentum here and, you know, probably not win on the field, right? But their situation is good that they should be able to keep this close. Uh, you know, I'll say this too. I, I think the whole thing about tanking is interesting, right? I don't think any NFL player is ever tanking out there. They might not be yeah. the best player, and you might have traded away better players as a, from a GM right. or an organizational standpoint, but your career is too short, and there are too few teams and too many guys who want your job for players in the NFL to to tank to go out there and, and try and lose a game. So clearly Gardner Minshew, I don't come on, Gardner Minshew, he's like a folk hero. He's never gonna throw a game. That guy's gonna be like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Even if they're down a hundred, he's gonna be out there trying. I think we saw that in the London game last year where they were getting blown out. But uh but he was still out there trying to make it happen. All right, so the Jaguars plus eight is Greg's play for that one against uh, Tennessee. The next game we'll go to is the New York football Giants getting five and a half points as they head to Chicago. And I think we talked a lot early on about having just a little bit of a difference in games and games that could have went one way or the other. Chicago obviously coming off the win against Detroit in a game that they trailed by 17 at one point. But let's not forget that there was a dropped ball on a walk-in touchdown that Chicago loses this game. Uh, who, what was it? DeAndre Swift, right? For the yep. Detroit Lions. Could have just walked in. Ball hit him in the hands. And he went to run up field before he got it. That play happens, and they lose. Say that again? Rookies. Yeah. Rookie got excited. Kid got excited, you know? It's too big for him. Yeah, he was he was ready to celebrate a game-winning touchdown, and, and it didn't happen. So I think that you need to think about that as we go on. The other thing that you have to think about here is the Giants. That final score was a little bit deceiving when you look at the Giants. They had, I think it was a 27 or 29-play drive where they went down the field, and then they turned it over. I'm exaggerating. I'm using hyperbole, but I think it was literally like 18 or 19 plays. 19. 19 plays. And then the Daniel, <laughs> and Daniel Jones, you know, gets under some pressure and uh, and throws a pick in the red zone. There, that's a different game, right? If that if that goes a different way, um, and so I think that's really important to look at. The other thing is, I saw so much that I liked about that Giants offense against. A, a Steelers defense that just looked ridiculously fast. I was big on the Steelers defense coming into the season. I actually picked the Steelers uh, on our Monday Night Football pregame over here, and I was still, they exceeded my expectations with how fast they look. Bud Dupree and TJ Water monsters, and they play with that Tomlin attitude. We all remember how bad Pittsburgh's offense was last year with a quarterback named Duck. And uh, one of Santa's reindeer, 
playing quarterback for them. So that that's who their quarterbacks were last year. I think people forgot about Ben Roethlisberger, and I think that is is some people are holding that against the Giants' defense. Look, they have their hole still, um, but they brought in some good players. Their cornerback opposite James Bradbury still leaves something to be desired because they had DeAndre Baker get arrested and cut from the team. They also had another opt-out. But they brought in Blake Martinez, who I think is really solid for that linebacking core. They brought in a couple players. And I think defensively they're going to be better than you saw, and I think they were playing what at the end of the season could be the best defense in the league. So I think they take a major step forward this week. And I don't think Mitch Trubisky can take advantage of the weaknesses that the Giants have in their secondary. Um, I think that Detroit team is going to be – Detroit and Chicago, I think, are going to vie for two of the worst teams in the league this year. Um, and, again, Detroit's defense didn't look so great, and that was against the Lions team that didn't have Kenny Galladay in there, their best wide receiver. So uh, this week, I think that the Giants go into Chicago – Love it with the five and a half. I think they win this one outright, Greg. Yeah, that's a lot of points, right, for a quarterback that you shouldn't really have any confidence in. What did he start having uh, um, good drives when Detroit probably started going into some sort of prevent uh, defense? And then by the time they tried to button it up too much, it was too late. Uh, well, too late until they almost got the game winning um pass there to swift like you mentioned right so yeah five five points is interesting to me so i have no issue at all the the rest and i i brought this up to you before the the short rest and 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 they're traveling right but there was a home game right so they get home game and now they'll, they'll be on short rest and heading out to chicago so that's a, a little bit concerning but again there's not good quarterback play uh for chicago so i have no no issues at all with with that call listen and i'll give it to you right short rest i think i think short rest it plays more of a factor later on in the season um than it does earlier in the season but uh, i'll tell you coming against that pittsburgh team that hits and just keeps on hitting you i think you might be a little more sore so i could i could see that impacting season Right. right, so no preseason, so the, you know, the muscles and everything like that. This is going to be the first time that they're actually really using those bad boys. Um, so that's that. You know, I I agree with you. First game, and then as you get further along in the season, that's that's where the rest I think was would be key. Right, and you know, it, it was a new coach too. We're talking about first game with a new coach, Joe Judge, his first season with the team. Um, they got some hopefully some kinks out, and they're not going to limit Saquon Barkley like that. That was in. Insane. They were in the backfield. I swear, I thought there were a couple times Daniel Jones was just going to hand it off to the Steelers because they were right there when he was getting the handoff. I've never seen anything like that. And look, I know the Giants have holes in the offensive line that they have. It's the first year this this group of guys is together. They had Nate Solder opt out. But but I'm giving some of that. I'm obviously I'm putting some of that on the Giants. But I am telling you, I saw the speed of that Steelers defense, and boy, I was impressed, man. They were one of the fastest defenses I've I've seen, uh, if not the fastest this year for sure. So, all right, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Tom, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there lost. He is getting criticized after his first game by his coach Bruce Arian saying he didn't have a good game. I think everybody knows Tom didn't have a good game. Right. This week right. they host the Carolina Panthers. They're laying eight to the division rival Panthers. Lost a close one to the Las Vegas Raiders. 
You have a play you like in this one. Maybe not on the uh, on, on the number. What do you like in this one, Greg? Yeah, let me let me give a correlation here to something that I've experienced. Right, Bruce Arians is the sales manager giving the successful sales guy a hard time for having a couple of bad weeks. Uh, and Tom Brady obviously didn't have a good game. You don't have to tell that dude that he had a bad game and he missed some throws. Like, what are you doing? Um, so. They're going to, in my opinion, they're going to gel. I'm not as high on Tampa Bay as everyone else. I wish I would have stuck with what I was going to do and stick with the Saints. It's a revisionist history, but I hated that situation for Tampa. Right. And I love this situation. So you you get a bounce back game. Yeah, it's a division rival, but it's Carolina. Carolina looked good on uh, offense last week, but terrible on defense. And even though rule as a defensive coach the panthers just don't have the guys right so you're looking at tom terrific and i know you don't like me calling him that right <laughs> uh, but from from that side of things you have a bounce back game for tom brady whose coach is chirping at him right he's a sales manager giving the sales guy a hard time uh i see a big bounce back game here and just because i'm not too sure about what Oakland's defense is, and I do like Tampa's defense. Um, I don't want to take the whole total, uh, and I don't even know what the the whole total is sitting at right now, if it's 48 and a half or 49. I'm going to take Tampa to go over 27 and a half for the team total. No, Chris Godwin seems like there's a chemistry between uh, Brady and Scotty Miller. You know, and just think about how many times Chris Hogan uh, insert, you know, obscure name here that Tom Brady has. Well, made Julian relevant. Edelman, Julian Edelman was an obscure name, right? Boom, and and will be again, is yeah. again an obscure name. Yeah, right? yeah. He might have like five, six hundred receiving yards this year, but yeah. Um, so Godwin will probably be out. He's in the uh, concussion protocol. Uh, I think they're going to bounce back. I think they got a lot to prove. Um, so over over 27 and a half, uh, I, I like them to, to be able to go out there, put up a nice number, uh, and should be in good shape. And I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how Tom Brady responds to his first loss. Especially, I love that the Patriots won. I'm betting he's reading the papers. He doesn't want to start 0-2 when his former coach is, is still um, is, is out there and still winning. Uh, I think the other thing to look at is, I don't know how healthy Mike Evans was last week. Um, I know he was questionable leading up to the game, and he didn't have a great game. Uh, and maybe just another week of rest might be a little help for him this week. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but also, look, he's Tom Brady, man. And and I think Bruce Arians is a great coach, and I think he knows what he's doing in, in trying to motivate him. And I, I think we'll, we'll see that play out this week. So uh, Carolina, I think, also has some injuries on the defensive side of the ball, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that they're going to be dealing with this week. So should be very interesting to see, but the over on Tampa plus 27.5, I like it. I like it. I'll roll with it. Uh, I'm seeing a uh, defensive tackle and a defensive end um, out um, of the game. But, I, I mean, that to me – their defense, whoever they're trotting out there, isn't going to be able to guard 
uh, Tampa. So I think it's it's a nice get right game. I think you're dealing with a motivate. He the the guy said that he questioned Tom Brady's. Uh, was it mo- desire or motivation or something like what just one of the words that he said like dude's the most determined and focused guy in the world and and he questioned just his his motivation and desire to win so I, I think he's not going to go out there and say anything because he just doesn't I don't think he's going to stick it to him like that I think he's just going to put up a, a nice 30 plus number and we're going to be in good shape there all right our next game is our better beware game game of the week now greg can you remind us who was our better beware game of the week last week it was the eagles and the redskins and we said that the redskins strength was the eagles weakness and uh i'm not happy to have been right but i was yeah we'll get to the we'll get to the eagles this week in a second but the idea with the better beware is a, is a public favorite that we are going to say, if you're going to play him, we're warning you, this might not be the pick to go with. So this week we're looking at the San Francisco 49ers coming off a loss. They're laying seven points as they go on the road to face the New York Jets. Okay, I want to know, Greg, did you get to watch any of that game, the 49ers-Cardinals uh, game? Uh, sparingly. Okay. I think that as soon as Greg Kittle got hurt for them, that offense basically came to a grinding halt. All right? And we already know that they have other injury problems at wide receiver. Look, obviously they lost Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason. Debo Samuel didn't play for them. I'm not sure if he's a go in this one yet. Um, He's he's officially out. Yeah. Or is he? Okay. I thought he was listed as doubt. He's on on IR. He's out until the week there you go. Okay, so no Debo Samuel Samuel again. Uh, they have a third string wide receiver, I believe, is in con- con- concussion protocol right now. So there are major concerns on the offensive side of the ball for the 49ers right now. On the defensive side of the ball, they've got some issues in their secondary as well. Uh, Richard Sherman, he's not playing. They have uh, another cornerback who I think believe their third string quarterback is in some uh, is dealing Barrett. with some injuries right now. Uh, I, I don't know the guy, but it's Jason Barrett, ham, yep. hamstring. He's already out. And so you've got a ton of problems in the secondary. This is going to be something where I don't know that the Jets have the ability to exploit this in terms of points. However, I think maybe they get an extra first down here or there, right? And all of a sudden, San Francisco's offense can't get on the field. Maybe they kick a field goal. The Jets have their own problems. They don't have anybody at wide receiver, I don't believe, this week. Jamison Crowder, the guy who broke uh, a play for them last week, uh, is out this week, I believe. Also, Le'Veon Bell. He's going to be out for them this week with a hamstring injury. They have a 37-year-old running back in Frank Gore. Love the guy, and he's going to fight hard for those yards, but I, I don't think he's going to break one. He's not going to run away from anybody at this point in his career. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see. I think this game is a very low-scoring game, and if that's the case, then I say seven points is a lot of points. Beware of the 49ers this week. And let's not forget the most obvious thing. They're a West Coast team coming east. So, Greg, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, My thought, and I'll I'll go kind of official on that, and it kind of lends to what you're saying. Uh, They're just going to want to get out with a win, right? And they're going to need to bleed the clock. Let's go take care of the Jets. 
I, I'm going to go. I'm trying to go right now and figure out what the lines are at right now. So I think I'm I saw it at 40, 41 and a half. I think I saw it at that last check. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm getting in on that as we speak. Um, <laughs> because, that you know, Crowder's out who, who like what's Herndon going to have 13, 13 receptions, which by the way, if you want to cherry pick that, that's that Chris, Herndon, oh, yeah. the, the tight end, for the jets, whatever the over is on receptions. Why not? I mean, l- literally no love bell to catch passes out of the backfield. Yep. And no, uh, Jameson Crowder. It's ridiculous. You got to, so, you got to throw the ball to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Un- under, and then the over on Chris Herndon, 41 and a half. I'm in. All right. I, now this is live betting. I like that. And this is what really live betting is. All right, we're gonna go to our next game, which uh, we already mentioned the total play on the Tampa Bay Bucks. We've got the Detroit Lions headed to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Right now, the number is Packers minus six and a half. You got another total play that you like in this one, though, Greg. Yeah, we're going to go with. Sorry, I'm a little distracted here. I got. I know you got to get you got to get your bet in. I'm. I got to get the money down before the bet comes off the board. I hear you. Yep. All right. It's in. <laughs> we're good. Um, yeah. So same same ilk um, uh, as the last one, and I'm I'm scrolling right now to go check out the Detroit secondary injuries and already terrible secondary where they have. Um, additional industry uh, injuries. Trufant out already listed as out. Akuda looks like he'll be back. Um, uh, Galladay out. So I'm not taking the side here. My 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 thoughts here should really lend to thinking the Packers are going to roll them um, and cover the spread. But to me, just good offense, bad defense. Uh, you know, I I would put. I would put Detroit kind of in the same, um, you know, bet as the Vikings. It looks like the Vikings took that big of a step back from last year to this year on on the defensive side of things. Uh, but Rodgers just spreading the ball around. They had, like it didn't even seem like they got things going on the run game uh, and and started to pound the the ball there. Uh, so it's twenty seven and a half as the number on uh, the Packers again. And because I just don't want to. I mean, you could take the total in in between 48 and 49, um, but I I think if the Packers get up and then they start trying to take the air out of the ball, they got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they'll still be able to score similar to how you saw the Browns, right? You have a good team that gets a lead against a bad team, and while you're taking out of the ball, you just can't help but run for seven, eight yards and score touchdowns pretty quickly. Um, I just like that equation, and I like – uh rogers kind of kind of playing with his hair on fire a little bit i think he's pissed (laughs) i I really do uh and and i think he's got good chemistry with all three of those wide receivers every part of the offense is back right so why do i want to take um the 27 and a half because it's it's the same offense it's rogers it's the same three receivers it's the same running back they added a rookie running back um so i i just like it any concern that that number i mean that's a big number 27 and a half and and obviously we saw them put up what 40 something last week any concern though that there's just going to be we were in a dome last week 
week against Minnesota. Now you got outdoor, so maybe a few more elements in Green Bay. Um, where's that? How do you factor that in? Yeah, no, no, that's that's definitely a good point. And as we reference over, hold on, for wacky reasons, I follow Green Bay. You follow, follow Green, Green Bay? Bay? The Green Bay Another Gazette? Weather. Their weather. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is taking a little longer. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's definitely not going to be the. It's not going to be the fast track, but I, I really do. I think you're dealing with a worse defense with uh, 66 and, and sunny on Sunday, right? So certainly not too hot, not too cold. Should be a nice football day, but I think you're you're dealing with a worse defense uh, than than you were on uh, this past Sunday. So you don't get the dome, but yeah, you get another pretty pretty poor team. Yeah, and when you give up that many points to the Chicago Bears, I think. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably licking his chops to get a shot at you this week. All right, so over in the team total for Green Bay, 27 and a half. Uh, that brings us to our next head-to-head matchup here. Greg and I went head-to-head last week uh, on the Atlanta Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks. How'd that work out? Yeah, not great. <laughs> I thought it worked out swimmingly. Why, why, why you got to bring up old stuff, John? I know. So let's look ahead to this week's head-to-head matchup then. You're right. I'm not living in the past. I'm looking ahead. This week, the L.A. Rams are headed to Philadelphia. The Rams are getting a point right now. Uh, you want? I'll let you decide, Greg. You want to go first or second on this one? I'll go second. Okay. So... I'm going to roll with the Rams in this one. We saw them on Sunday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys. And in the same way that the Pittsburgh Steelers jump off the page to me when I look at their defense, jumped off the screen, I should say, when I saw their defense, Aaron Donald jumped off the screen when I saw him play on Sunday Night Football. The Cowboys were sending double teams at him. I think at one point he did a move out of a video game to Ezekiel Elliott where he threw him with one hand up against the wall. It was like something I had never seen before. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was really cool. He lifted him <laughs> off, off the ground. I mean, I think I saw that in Mortal Kombat once. One of the characters did that. The guy's an absolute beast. And look, the Cowboys' offensive line is not what it was. I said that last week, but there's still a solid offensive line and they were double teaming him the entire game i think that opens it up for people around them the philadelphia eagles line last week was dreadful now they at one point were down to a was third string uh was it their guard greg their third string guard yeah uh well third third string right tackle uh playing guard (laughs) yeah the the guard they were just trotting out there and and still is trotting out there is no good yeah it was it was abysmal and they had two rookies going now look they do have some people coming back lane johnson is coming back but he has said he's not 100 percent for this week um they don't have any depth out there so if anybody does get hurt and i'm just trying to think how this offensive line is going to contain Aaron Donald. They can't match up with him one-on-one, and if they try to, that's going to open things up for other guys on the line. And even if they double-team him, I saw him get by the Cowboys double-teams. I have no doubt he's going to be able to get by the Eagles double-teams. And so I think he's going to wreak absolute havoc for them. I think the Rams are a better team. Yes, we have a West Coast team who's coming East, 
But Sean McVay has been great on the road as the Rams coach, uh, twenty and eight overall, and I think he hasn't lost his last three openers on the road. So I really like that. And then the last thing is on the defensive side of the ball. They're banged up, too. Uh, I think that they have both of their defensive ends. One of them was in concussion protocol. Uh, obviously, Vinny Curry's gone. Greg says that's a good thing for the uh, for the Eagles. That's a good thing. <laughs> in essence, he's, he says it's a good thing. But look, it, it's another – it's it's depth. So the guy who has to step up, can he fill the role for the number of plays that he needs to? McVay is, is great at scheming, and I think that this week – uh, he is going to have those guys running all over the field. And the one thing that I really liked is that when they went hurry up, they looked a lot better. And I think they need to do more of that this week against the Eagles. Listen, I'm getting a point. I think the the Eagles are playing a better team than they played last week. Uh, and I think there's just too many problems on that offensive line for Philadelphia. They gave up 27 points to the Washington football team. I'll take Sean McVay this week. Getting a point on the road. I'll go with the Rams. So similar to the excessive hype on the pumpkin flavored everything, <laughs> I think you're a little little high on the uh, the Rams after after that win on uh, Sunday night. There, so everything you said about the Eagles is true, and I was I have no issue with pointing out the warts on the Eagles football team, right? Uh, but I, I would also maintain, I get Lane Johnson will be back, uh, maybe not 100%, but he'll be back. And then you still have four-fifths of the offensive line from last year, which was rated a top three, four offensive line back this year. And they might not be as good. They're certainly a little old, long in the tooth. I, by the way, figured out what long in the tooth derived from. Oh. Long story, and I don't even remember it, but uh, could Pretty, pretty interesting stuff. So they're obviously. Wait, 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 wait. That was the worst story ever. I found yeah, out. Yeah. You just said that I yeah, found out this awesome that. story about being long in the tooth, but I don't remember it. You should go figure it out. Co- cohesion is what I'm talking about here. Yeah. So the line last week, uh, despite acting any sort of skill on the right hand side, lacked any sort of cohesion. And when Dr- Jack Driscoll came out and they had Mylotta come in who they need to figure out whether or not this guy's a rugby player or a football (laughs) player and you know shit or get off the pot for lack of better words because this guy's been on the team for years and they they don't trust him to be out there so they should be cutting him and replacing him with someone else like your actions tell you whether or not you can trust the guy to protect your quarterback and obviously they can't uh but it's the right offensive line. So I was against the Eagles last week because it was the wrong offensive line. Is the same reason I'm back here. This would have been more of a favorite, I think, uh, if we looked at things, if Dallas wouldn't have gotten called for the offensive PI and Dallas won. I think we're looking at a three, you know, probably two and a half, three. This went from three to one, right? This The, the line started at three and it got bet down to one. Um, so, you know, west to east, that's fine, but I, I, I'd say more so just traveling in these conditions and going on the road. I, I know you touted a pretty good record for McVay on road games. He has zero record with road COVID games, right? They've got no protocol. They've got no pattern, so they're going to be out of sync. Uh, and since we're, we're stating 
old stats too. I think it's uh, uh, my buddy, my buddy Dragon uh, sent me the stat that the Eagles are six and twelve without Lane. They're thirty six and seventeen with Lane. So I'll I'll take that. That's a pretty damn large uh, sample size there, and I'll I'll roll with Lane and the Eagles, home squad. And you bet that Carson wants to have a bounce back game. And last comment. If Doug Peterson can't scheme up and realize that when his quarterback's taking pressure that he shouldn't have the longest average depth of target in the league, he had the longest average depth of target, at least through Sunday games. Chuck and Doug. When he had no time, like no screens, no draws, no bubble screens, like nothing. If you can't make that adjustment over five or six days, if Aaron Donald starts wrecking things through the middle – I think we've got a, a, a bigger problem here than, than just one bad game. So I'm going to roll with the Eagles. I'm going to go head-to-head with you. I'm going to get myself back to 500, and we'll be in good shape. Sounds good. Well, listen, or we could uh, la- oh, we could land on that one number, and we can push again. Uh, we can have an 0-1 in there. Uh, but I want to point out one more thing, because you brought up uh, going on the road this year, and this is from uh, our super contest. i got to give a hat tip to Andrew Rance here, who runs it for us. He sends out these absolutely great uh, recaps from the week. He had it last week. Home teams were 9-7 and seven in the opening week. Favorites were 8-8. And eight home favorites five and three and home dogs were four and three so obviously still early but just good to pay attention to seems like a, a pretty even split but something we're going to pay attention to in this year of covid how that kind of plays out there um also by the way uh just for the record i was five and zero oh in the super contest as well last week um we just wanted to uh make sure that the public was was aware of that off to a, a fast start <laughs> You got to give give those out on air, bud, or no one cares. Well, I gave most of them out. Most of them out. I think uh, most of them were my picks on air. So, uh, and also we know about the importance of getting lines. Sometimes by the time we go to air, they're not the same super contest lines that we have there. So, um, also very important there. All right, let's go to our final game that we have on the slate to discuss here today. That would be uh, going back to Denver, Greg. We were on Denver last week as one of the games. This week, the Broncos are headed west, uh, east to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. They're getting seven points in this one. Uh, I, we are both on the same side on this. So I'll let you open, Greg. Tell me uh, who you like and why. Yeah, I, I like that defense, right? So j- just like you mentioned, right? I thought it was, I thought it was a valiant effort by the Giants, um, judging by how good that uh, Steelers defense looked, especially against the run game, right? So uh, yeah, I think the ability to bottle up um, Melvin Gordon, right, and, and really put the game in Drew Locke's hands. Listen, I'm not going to put Drew Locke with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, right? But Dude still needs to prove it, um, and and I think he's fine. But this is a really, really bad spot, and just a really tough start to the season for him. Tennessee's defense, he got him at home. They almost snuck out of there with a win, but now he's going to go on the road to pit the road to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was also on Monday, so you don't have any sort of uh, you know um, 
rest or anything like that. But Ben looked good. He, I mean, he shook off the the rust. Um, and he's hitting the the receivers there. Uh, AJ Boye is going to be out, um, or at least it looks like he's going to be out. He didn't practice today, um, so that's that's a good thing, right? You'll you, you'll have uh, the Steelers wide receivers running rampant. It, it looks like uh, Connor is going to be able to play. My only um, thing that I'm circling here is I'm keeping an, an eye for. The linemen. It looks like both guards, DeCastro and uh, Wisniewski. I don't know if Stefan Wisniewski was starting for the Steelers, um, but it, even if he wasn't, you're still cluster injuries at, at guard. Uh, and then Banner, when he got carted off the field or walked off the field, it looked pretty bad. Um, he was their tackle. Mm-hmm. So I, I do need to do a little bit more research as we get closer to game day on who's actually going to be going out there. That's the only thing I would say that might give me any pause. But, I, I mean, I like I like everything other than that, especially if Banner's going to go out there. Yeah. Uh, I think that the offense for the Broncos really struggled. I don't know. Cortland Sutton, I believe, is still questionable uh, for this week. Uh, Jerry Judy, while he had some great plays, he had some huge drops for them uh i think that yeah yeah and and rookies and no preseason so um definitely a little amped up trying to run without the ball philip Lindsay, i believe is out for this one as well and i don't think people realize how good of a back philip Lindsay is i mean i think the guy made the pro bowl right in his in his first season he's he's out yeah Uh, and Sutton looks questionable um so so i think that i mean these are all things to pay attention to drew lock did a good job he was hooking up with noah fant um seemed to be popular i don't think he he didn't have a lot of pressure but i will say that i thought vic fangio did a good job rolling him out of the pocket a little bit getting him a little bit more time to throw i thought they uh were just a little bit more creative in their play calling to give him some time um and the defense couldn't get off the field against tennessee though there were some long drives that they had in there so i again i i think that this pittsburgh steelers defense is just on another level i think they have been since they got minka fitzpatrick and i think that denver is really really going to struggle to score um in this one and and for that reason i'll i'll take big ben and i'll take the the steelers uh this offense was so bad last year it was so bad i think they they were scoring 11 points a game and winning like I, I don't know how you do that, and now and, and I think that that's how bad their quarterback play was. I think that the defense is just amped up that they got an offense that's going to score some points for them uh, this year, and I look for them to route the Broncos in their home opener. Uh, so I will roll with the Steelers in this one. I'm I'm going to go with like maybe a, a thirty thirty five. 13 type of score in this one. Ooh, yeah. Oh, you're, you're, you're saying cigar game like I, like I sent you Monday Night Football. Yeah, well, I knew uh, in a game where the total is, is going to be under 20 points, as I, as I told you, you can never have a cigar game. Uh, so, I'm good. Uh, I, I, I had some good momentum going in. I was, I was feeling, uh, feeling big. Yeah. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, to recap for you, this week, Greg likes the Jaguars plus eight as they head to Tennessee. I think we're both on the Giants plus five and a half at Chicago. Is that right, Greg? Did it? Did you come I on? Not official for me, but I I'm I'm fine with you on it. All right, I'm rolling with the Giants plus five and a half. Uh, 
the better beware game of the week. Watch out for the San Francisco 49ers as they head to New York to take on the Jets. Greg likes the team total overs for Green Bay and Tampa Bay, going with the Bays, at 27.5 for both of them. We are going head-to-head on the Rams and Eagles. I'm rolling with the Rams. Greg is flying with the Eagles. And then we both like the Steelers minus the points against the Denver Broncos. Of course, Chris Portente has his lock of the week. That is on our Instagram page. We're not going to give it to you here this week. We're going to make you actually go over there. Last week, he had the Jaguars, and they won outright, everybody. So I don't know what he's got cooking this season, but he's off to a hot start, as we all are here at Wingfoot. Last word, Greg? Go Birds. Oh, man. And on that note, I just threw up. Until next week, everybody, remember, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. For Greg Hoyle, I'm Joe Masiri. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Wing Foot Locks. Talk to you next time, everybody. Everybody.